For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 Hello friends, this is Kelly Sansom, your host, and you're listening to the Sansom Family Podcast. And our seventh day we'll be talking about is the foolishness for Christ. So, a lot of people, I'd say, if not most, don't know the story or concept behind why there is a pointy hat and it spells dunce on it. It was used as a symbol of shame for centuries, and the word dunce and the concept of humiliation towards a kid in the school would mean words like fool, stupid, or idiot. Yet, there's a story behind the word dunce. Um, It actually derived from a Scotsman who lived in the late 13th, early 14th century. His name was John Dunce, D-U-N-S. So if you pronounce his surname Dunce properly, you would find it sounds a lot like our word Dunce, D-U-N-C-E. And his name was tied to the idea of shame and humiliation for centuries. But it's interesting though, even though his name is tied to shame, he was actually a brilliant man. So in fact... Uh, brilliance would be an understatement. And many people in his generation considered him the most intelligent man in the world in the Middle Ages. So now, the question is, how did a man who was known for such brilliance have his name go down in history as a fool or shame? It wasn't something that happened overnight, of course, but over the centuries and around 200 years after his death, his followers came under critical scrutiny or rubbish, as I should say. And Dunce, even um, though brilliant, he was also a theologian who held to a simple view of the universe. He believed that all things centered upon the person of Jesus Christ. He believed the whole world was built by Jesus Christ, which, of course, this is the view Christians hold today. Uh, Mostly, as I should say. And one can only understand through the person Jesus Christ and by means his divine revelation through his holy scripture. But what's funny, though, about Dunce is that he actually wore a pointy hat, and so did his followers. But however, though, that hat meant something different than it does today, as we have come to misinterpret it. But the hat pointed like a finger towards heaven, and declaring the one through whom all true knowledge and understanding is gained and approved. And it was a symbol that Jesus was everything. Yet something happened in the 16th and 17th century which changed everything. The Renaissance brought an assault on Dunce's reasoning and his followers. The Renaissance brought offense not only to the Dunce, but against God. They accused God of withholding knowledge from his creation, refusing access to true potential of science and reasoning, which they declared him an oppressor for that. But it should be noted here to anyone who is listening who is an atheist or skeptic, just because you're angry with the God, with God, um, because it doesn't give you the evidence you want, does not make him go away. It only proves no mere evidence of his existence will convince you. So, with these charges against God, humanism, or secularism, um, Snobbitz knows that Dunn's teachings on the primacy of Christ and impeached him and removed him from office or even human education and reasoning. Why do you think that in public schools there's no teachers of Christ or God in your school systems? They take, they may teach Darwinism or something that is not scientific fact. Probably more than likely. But 
Now, this was held for thousands of years in the Western world, but now the new slogan is, Don't be a dunce, but believe in the power of man. But the educational world was then pursued by this way of thinking, which they gave up Christianity to be converted to man-centered ideologies. But with the dunces who held true to the gospel, the society drew them into the corner of deemed inferior and made the dunces yesterday's news or ideas. But while people mock and laugh at Christianity or at God, what the world doesn't know or seem to care about is in the words of the Apostle Paul in Scripture, which I just gave you the verse for, which again it is, for the words of the cross is folly or foolish to those who are perishing but those who are being saved it is the power of God and the world doesn't seem to care about God's idea of living or running things since to the world they think God doesn't know what he's doing but that is not so because scripture says for the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man that's 1 Corinthians 1.25. And the text implies Paul is not saying that God contains any foolishness or weakness at all. Instead, he has taught uh, why so many people reject the idea of a crucified Christ as weak and foolish. But Paul uses the Greek word moron, which exactly what it implies or precisely what it says it appears to be in English. Something stupid, idiotic, or silly. And from a godless perspective, it's stupid to think God would sacrifice his only son to pay the penalty for a human sin. Pagan religions, in particular, would call a deity weak if it could be killed on a cross, like any common criminal. And those called by God to believe, however, recognize God's foolishness as giving his son is the greatest of all wisdom they could ever be. They see the incredible strength required for Christ to remain on the cross and die instead of exercising his power over those who would kill him. So the follow of Jesus, despite being called foolish, is actually the greatest wisdom you could ever do. To follow the world in its ways as wise is actually the most foolish thing you could ever do. Think about the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity is vanity. Everything is vanity. Everything's meaningless under the sun. Think about it, friends, listeners. Um, kingdoms come, kingdoms go. Rulers come and rulers go. All the money you have in your bank account will soon one day be gone or is vanishing as you use it up. So, why would you invest in things in this world that are slowly passing away and meaningless? Let alone, people are not going to remember your name when you're gone. So, it's better to forget about the pursuing things of this world and, and be known by God and know God. That's your greatest wisdom that you can ever do while you are here. So, the result of rejecting God's foolishness is to ignore His instructions of peace, joy, and hope, and ultimately, eternal life. But the world suppresses that truth in righteousness according to Romans 1.18. And the world hates the truth, therefore their deeds are evil and selfish according to John 3.19-20. And they reject God because they do not want God. Romans 3.10-19. But would you honestly die in your sins without God? 
and be separated from him by taking that chance or be a fool and die in your pride cursing God. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Mark 8.36 What does the world system have to offer that guarantees a better, more wiser way of living and with reasoning? It simply doesn't make sense. But if you follow the Bible and God's reasonings, here's what you'll get. Gender agrees with biological reproduction organs and that there are only two genders. Human life begins at conception, according to the scientific evidence and facts. You can look at the facts of uh, when a baby is born at conception as a zygote. They have the information to be a baby and they have their own DNA to be a baby. Also, marriage is only between one man and one woman for the purpose of procreation. The universe uh, shows uh, what would be considered as an intelligent design and everything by an intelligent designer. And states that allow concealed carry are far safer than states that restrict gun control for the purpose of defense and defending your family. These are considered God's reasons, yet the world calls God's ways foolish but if you follow the world system and secularism and their wisdom here's what you'll get having abortion isn't a human life but a choice despite ignoring the facts it's not my body my choice when there's another heartbeat 10 fingers 10 toes inside the womb and when you kill it you're not killing your body you're killing another body and when a person declares transgenderism, it ignores the facts of DNA and what you were born as at conception. You don't wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a girl today because I feel like it. And when you are biologically a boy, it doesn't make sense. So it would be like saying to any given point of time, I can declare myself to be a car just because I feel like it. I ignore the evidence of what I was truly made to be. I ignore the characteristics. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't have the characteristics of a car. I don't have four wheels to get around on. I do not have a engine. I do not have the parts to be a woman. And I was not made to be a woman according to my DNA. What God has made me to be. I'm a boy according to what the characteristics and identity God has made me to be. Also, Darwinism declares survival of the fittest. So that means if I steal from you, it wouldn't matter at all since I'm the strongest and smartest than you, so you couldn't do anything about it. And you would have no basis to say that it is wrong when you have no ultimate standard to live by if you do not believe that God is your ultimate standard. Again, the world system's wisdom makes no sense and is at odds with reasoning. States with no gun control, you are putting yourself and family at risk for not defending them as well as yourself let alone ignore the Constitution to have the right to bear arms. These are considered the world's reasonings, yet man calls this wisdom. So, as you can see, whether it's anti-gun control for gay marriage or abortion or supporting evolution in the world doesn't follow the reason in any cultural issue or sense. So no, they, that they don't mean what you mean when you use the phrase which they mean, do what you we say, or they will be legal consequences. 
God doesn't do anything without reason or nothingness, nor are his ways foolish. As God told Israel to repent, he tells them this. In this verse, let this be set in your mind and understand of coming to reason and come to the end of ourselves and our so-called wisdom to seek the Lord in all his ways as his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways and better than our ways. Here's what he says. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They are red like crimson. They shall become like wool. Isaiah 1, 18. God is a reasoning God. He doesn't do anything without reasoning, and he's not foolish, as the world called his ways foolish. This has been the Sanson Family Podcast. I'm your host again, Kelby Sanson. Hope you all have a great day, everybody.